Hello, oh. Eloise. Hello. How are you today? <laughs> In duo. I'm good. You well? Good, Perfect. good. So, we're doing Handmaiden, so part two. Yes, we're continuing so from. So, where did we leave off? So, so, we left off where he's made the deal with oh. the devil, and his uh, wife comes out and says, Oh, no. Oh. Your daughter was standing on that property. Excellent, <laughs> excellent choice. So the devil, yeah. so, so the devil comes back, and now wants what was on the land. You know, obviously, what was on the land, which is the daughter. He wasn't so, interested in the tree. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the, the what happens is, is that. You know, he doesn't want to give up his daughter, obviously. Mm. And uh, the devil says, well, what you can do is, oh, no. No, no, sorry. That's not what happens. What happens is the daughter <laughs> begins to cry. And the, the crying purifies her, which means he can't take her. Oh. And uh, each time she's crying, it purifies her and he he just can't take her away. So he he tells the, the devil tells the father, well, what you're going to have to do is either you're going to come with me or you could cut off her hands because every time she would cry, it would run into her hands, would purify her hands, and he couldn't take her. Oh. So now the, the father says, has to choose, right? Does he go? Or does he cut off her hands? And the the daughter says, he goes to his daughter and says, so either I'm going to be taken away <clears throat> or we cut off your hands. And she says, okay, father, cut off my mm. hands. So he cut off, cuts off his daughter's hands and gives them to the devil. So we're just going to look at this yeah. a little bit, right? Pretty awful circumstance, right? That, you know, this is almost the way, no, it is the way we sacrifice our children to our own Yeah, needs. I was going to say, because in the first place, it was his, it was his mistake that meant she was going to have to go anyway. Exactly. So he doesn't he doesn't even make a choice, does no, he? No, he makes her make the choice as well. He makes her make the choice. So so, you know, just thinking of examples where we make the child make the mm. choice. Right? So um one of the the statistics that um you again would have to look up, but that look great um, statistics. <laughs> that you know, you on the planet, the number one abusers of children are women. Mm. So, you know, women have a women and men, we all have a particular ideology, and we follow that ideology. You know, whatever it is, whatever we think is appropriate, whatever we think appropriate behavior is, whatever we consider is our idea of socialization. Because, you know, one of the things I'm always asked in, in classes is, yes, but you can't just let your child run free. It needs to be socialized. Yes. Well, sure, sure, socialization needs to occur. Otherwise, you're kind of left out in the yeah. world, right? We have that 
you know, there's always that kid in school who doesn't fit in and the other kids sort of, um, you know, they could bully, but they can also make comments, right? So um, if it, it's, there's a fine line between bullying and where you need to be socialized. So the world is always going to socialize yeah. you. If you're the kind of person that goes around hitting people, you might you might get bullied for hitting people. Or, you know, I remember there was a kid in in elementary school who, you know, was always dared to eat his snot or to um, just do something gross, pick up gum from the ground and eat it. So he was um, he was marginalized. Right. So at the same time that he was dared to do these things, he became marginalized. Right. So, uh, you know, it's the 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 way we live in the world and the way we're going to we're going to communicate with others is is in a way to fit in, but also to have our own uh, individuality. So, you know, what would be the problem? This is such a, a difficult topic, I find, because you know, that most of us have rigid belief systems about things. And that's where the problem mm. lies. If there's a rigidity, if I know, you know, you would behave a certain way in a movie theater. Um, it's not that I'm going to hold the rigid belief, like you might have to take an emergency phone call if you see it light up. But at the same time, for that hour and a half, you don't need to be on your phone answering every call and interrupting yeah. everyone. Otherwise, you're going to start causing a ripple effect, right? People are going to start saying, turn off your phone and you're interrupting us. And, you know, these are just ways in which we're socialized. Um, obviously, this is a huge topic. You don't want to, you know, have your child growing up slapping you with the face and you just say, okay, well, you're free to do that. No, you're not mm. free to do that. You're not free to slap me, right? So, so those things are... Um, so there has to be limitation in some ways, but we, you know, because they can't be limitless. Right. There's a difference between limitation versus a rigid limitation, yeah. right? You know, you have a tiny little baby who scratches your face. Yeah, you're not going um, if to. You, if you're extremely rigid, which, you know, this is a terrible example, but kind of demonstrates it. There are people who will scold yeah. the baby. Which is which is ridiculous. The the baby's going to grow up, and you know you're. It's also what you, which we don't understand often, is what's what we, as human beings, believe rigidly. They the child will either adopt and conform, or they will rebel yeah. against it. So you can have a, a a child who's who is apparently disobedient. I've seen this over and over again where a parent says, well, my child's disobedient. I've got to, you know, I've got to lock him in his room or her in his, her room. I've got to, you know, punish the child rather than an, a negotiation and a practical way of, you know, considering what's, what's good or bad. Like a simple thing to explain to a child is, well, would, you know, if you're going to take someone else's toy, would you like it if I took yeah. yours? Right. And, and, you know, you might start too early and the child doesn't completely understand. But as the child develops, begins to understand, begins to understand the whys and wherefores. We often just say, I'm, I'm putting everybody in this because you can just say because, because you're supposed to do it. Right. Which means the child is left to their own yeah. choice, which is the same as, as the handless maiden. Right. 
here's the father introducing yeah. an option because I say so. and the daughter that people always me? say because i say so to their kids because i say yeah. so sure which could be that's one way to and to look at the story it's you know okay so either i suffer or my parents yeah. suffers right so so i mean the intricacy of just this one moment mm-hmm. where the father abnegates responsibility his own choice as you said it's his own choice it's his own yeah. mistake and then it's almost like sins of the father yeah, he's right? been he's been you know not like he's not looked at what was on that piece of land before he made the deal exactly and and you know parents do this all the time like sins if you're imposing an ideology on your child rigidly you obviously haven't looked at your own ideology nor have you done your due diligence to research how a child is going to Mm. understand you're just purporting that well it's supposed to behave this way and that's all there is to it right i've heard it over and over again parents telling me that you know this is the way the child has to behave not looking at their own um, rigidity and exploring the whys and wherefores of their particular belief system, their particular errors, and resolving that within so that it's resolved through the child. Now, that's notwithstanding that this parent, this particular father in the story, has gone through the same process right it, it gets it gets handed down from generation to generation yeah. our, our belief system so the father's belief system he's now well you know he must have had his parents dumping mm. it on him so what do i do next well now i dump it on my yeah. daughter which is you know to me such a great piece of a fairy tale which tells us hey you know this is you could blame the father or you can say wait a minute what we need to do is actually explore uh, the beliefs that we have around how we mm. do things, right? <laughs> so something as horrifying as having your daughter's hands cut off and you're cutting them off. And that that also is a metaphor for how we cut our children's hands off. The, I mean, mm. the metaphor of this story, Not obviously, actually. is the yeah. handless maiden. How we become handless. Yeah. And we no longer have um, the power in our lives to make our own choices. Yeah. Right? We, we lose that power to make our own choices. If the father's not making his own choice and dumping it on the daughter, well, now, here's the, this really is setting the stage, the foreshadowing of what she's going to have to go through. Either she becomes the, the parent who just dumps the responsibility of choices onto the child or she's actually going to take it on her take it upon herself to become responsible for her own choices Mm. and there's such a and there's a piece in there of course where so many of us get caught up which is but my parents did this to me and i have no choice so if that happened to you it happened to your parents so so either you carry this on or the Buck stops here. And not perpetuate it any further. Right. So even though she's she's kind of handed down this idea 
of being responsible for a parent's mistake, right? You're handed this this karma down. You're handed this energy mm. down. And they, they, you can sit and wallow in self-pity because you're handed this, this you know, this irresponsibility down. You dump it on mm. your kids. Um, or you get up and say, I'm going to, I'm going to change this, despite how terrible my past was. Yeah. Right? Because you're, you're, you know, some people have really horrifying pasts. Oh, yeah. Their childhood can be filled with torture. Clients and... come in and start talking about their childhood. And I, I sometimes sit there going, okay, I'll process this later because it's insane. Like, what's happened to them? It is. And you're like, how are you still alive? It, you know, it's... Exactly. Right. It's, it's completely horrifying. But at the same time, you know, one of the things that... Um, someone said to me when I was really young, I couldn't have been more than 12 years old, was um, you have to deal with all your issues with your parents. And I, you know, immediately, you know, the clarity of the child's mind is, well, what if they die? Yeah. Then they are die you next saying week you're and doomed? Done it. <laughs> and you haven't done it. That means you're doomed. I said, that, that can't <laughs> That cannot be possible. There has to be a way that you deal yeah. with this. So, so that really helps us see that, no, you don't necessarily have to do this with your parents. There might be certain explorations out there that are done with parents. But if those parents disappear, or what if they're insane? Yeah. There's so many other parents doesn't or, want to. Yeah, you can't have that. Or the parent has no interest whatsoever. Their past is so painful yeah. as well. They have no interest whatsoever in exploring their past. There are just too many possible variables to leave. So it is, when you think about this, it is the exact same thing as the father has done. If the parent has dumped all their stuff on you and you want to go back and deal with it through the parent, you're using the same methodology. Mm. I need you to, to figure this out so that I can figure it out. That's, that's, that can't be possible. It, it can't be possible. If you, if your parents just disappear or they have, like you said, dementia or they don't want to deal with it, that's, does that mean I am doomed? And it seemed to me really clear, no, this conflict exists within me despite whether it exists in my parents or not. Oh. My, my conflict is it's mine. It's always ours. Yes. Even though it's been handed down generation to generation. The conflict exists in me, and so, I can resolve that conflict. I can do the work to um, reduce the conflict of the mind. Yes. Right? Which is, it's is our really responsibility the, the, to do that. Um, it, it, it is upon our own shoulders to deal with our own stuff. It is. And, the you know, this story tells you that the primary... Um, you know, sin of the father or sin of the parents, it could be the mother as well, is that, nope, I'm not going to deal with it. Let me dump it on my child. And and then the child could either say, well, I'm not going to deal with it. Let me dump it on my parents or dump it on, on my children. Mm. Right. It's, it's, it's so beautiful, especially that it's setting, the, the story sets up the stage that each of us has to journey. Each of us in some way have been given the, have been given the, 
the the sin of our hands being cut off wherein the parent has not resolved their issues there's that it, it, so you can have an extreme childhood or you, you can be just your your kind of average person who's still being given something handless where the responsibility and the choices are laid upon the child like even the responsibility to figure out why you have to behave a yeah. certain way you know like a parent says don't, don't swear eat all your peas why right yeah. because i said so because it's good for you there's there's no exploration i, I mean if you have to eat all your peas well why would you eat all your peas who cares who, who actually cares whether you eat your peas or not? Your, your peas are, you, you could find evidence against eating peas. They're very yeah. sweet and sugary. So no, you don't need to eat your yeah. peas, right? Uh, what if the child's intolerant? You're, you're not actually exploring. I mean, now it's so interesting just to bring up mm. um, parents and children's diet. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I always find um interesting is if there's a fat child in the family and the the parents are told well take out all the foods and start shifting how the whole family eats oh well i'm not going to do that because my husband likes to eat these things my my son likes to eat oh, that. Yeah. my other yeah. child likes to eat this so we're gonna well you're not realizing that you're leaving the responsibility of how everyone deals with their issues onto this particular child let's say who's overweight mm. the, the 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 idea that the whole family matrix is together supporting the child is is a huge consciousness mm. right just just saying i am going to eliminate everything that is bad for this child from the house and everyone else is going to go along with it and know they're not suffering we are dealing with our family issues yeah. that might come as out a unit in wait mm. for them because a lot of people don't realize that Sometimes, well, you know, we've heard enough stories about, you know, a parent who beats a child, but usually it's one child that gets beaten. Mm. You know, there's so many stories about the one child who, who receives all of it. And that's really interesting that one child could be the bearer of the sins of the family. So again, the family, if, if just a simple example, like, wait, if you're not able to get the whole family working together yeah. in, in what could be consumed while well, you're already demonstrating where the issues are mm-hmm. that are deeper than food, yeah. right? They're, well, you're not really supporting this one child who needs the support. And why wouldn't if, if another child needs support and homework and you have to pay someone and maybe you sacrifice uh, gifts for birthdays so that one child could get the, the, the studying they need. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't we do the same with food or, or whatever? Say, the it's the other way around. It's like if you don't like eating something and your family still insists on you eating it day in and day out for years, there's there's no support as a unit for that person either no there isn't it's they're all interconnected it's not even it's so hard to use examples because particular anecdotal Hmm. examples always bring up but i have a different anecdote and i have a different one when really it's the problem of where is the support you know where is it that we're breaking down in that sport where is this father who makes the deal with the devil he makes this error 
and then puts the burden of correcting the error on the daughter. Mm. Right. I, I know there are many complications in the story, like who's going to, uh, you know, earn the money for the family. Well, they've already made the deal where he's got the money. Yeah. So, you know, his his existence, um, his choices need to be paid for. But you no, know, the daughter gets to pay for it. And of course, that is exactly what we experience. Mm-hmm. Whatever the parent has not resolved, it's handed down over and over to different generations. And we need to, um, as individuals, take responsibility for those, um, you know, they're almost, you could almost call them familial traumas, mm-hmm. right? This is kind of where family matrix sessions come in, where we're, we're, looking at the traumas throughout history and yes it might have come from a war it might have come from you know uh, a crazy or someone who had had a tumor and started you know beating their child and gets carried down well despite that we are still able to take responsibility so this is the excitement now does she choose to take responsibility for her own life or does she dump it on someone else, mm. right? Does she lay the responsibility at the hands of someone else? And this is always our choice, isn't it? Mm. Right? We can look back and say, well, my parents did this and my parents did that. So look at me. I can't do anything else. That's why I teach my, my children the same thing. I've seen it over and over again. Well, um, it's interesting. This often happens with women. So let's say the man is, you know, um more more difficult he's the one who's more controlling and then the woman doesn't want to escalate problems in the family so the woman will say well i don't stop him from yelling at my kids or hitting my kids um because i don't want it to escalate Mm. right so so they see it as a, a as a tempering mechanism, not really seeing it as no, that's a cowardly move. Yeah, long term. How does that work? Right. <laughs> Instead of saying, "I'm going to call the police now," they're going to take you away. You get you get some treatment on this, and uh, you know we'll see later. But I'm not I'm not living like mm. this. You know because we've got all these other ideas. It is I'm going to let the child go through exactly what I went through, which was I was hit, not not me personally, but you know, the child is hit. And, you know, I went through that. And the way I deal with it is the same way my mother did, which is I'm not going to stop him. Yeah. Right. For whatever reasons, because I'm too cowardly to go on and deal with my life. So again, the sins of the mother, right? You, you chose this partner, you choose to agree with his actions, you choose to keep your mouth shut, and you choose to allow this to to occur with the child. And so again, it's like the handle's made, and she's she now is left with well, here's this abusive situation. Now, I need to figure out how to resolve this particular conflict that probably has gone on from generation to generation. Mm. Blaming her father is obviously not going to work. She'll carry that on, and she won't have any power. I mean, it's it's such a great story, yeah. right? It's just amazing how, you know, this can apply to any situation wherein we're looking at the the choices of our parents or the lack of choice of our parents, and it's dumped on on the child, 
and whether the child is actually going to finally break the spell, really, of the family history. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So here she is. She actually chooses, and the father chops off her hands. Now the deal with the devil is is yeah. done. And now he's he's got all of his riches, and he's got a daughter with no hands. Yeah, <sighs> he won there. Yeah, he won Pardon there. <laughs> well, it's it's not so no, much not. winning. It's, <laughs> it more it's really yeah. Yes, it's more we are all in the yeah. same boat. It, it doesn't look as gruesome, but yeah. it is. That choice between, all right, so my parents in some way crippled me. I can either blame them for something that is, you could blame them, but it goes back throughout history. They were never taught. Mm. Right. So, you know, so many parents who figure out how to raise their kids differently, figure out the different phases that kids go through. You know, some parents um, expect their child to know um, certain rules about life and socialization before their time. Yeah. The, the brain isn't ready. Or this ridiculous thing they used to do. I don't know if they still do it, but, you know, when is my child going to walk? Well, that depends on the development of the myelin sheath, and that's all genetic. It has nothing to do with um, whether the child's competency is there or yeah. not. Um, talking. Girls tend to talk before boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, you, you can't tell the child, oh, I want my child to talk at five when it's not ready yeah, to don't talk. don't speak you know, yet. <laughs> Stop that now until you're five. It's mad. It's, it's very interesting <laughs> how we 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 place you know codes of conduct and uh, on on uh, the developmental periods that a child's not able to yeah. do it you can have an advanced child obviously yeah. that can occur so there are exceptions to the generalized principles of when a child walks yeah. or when a child uh, things happen it's like i've been having experiences with my nephews and my sister's like, will you stop talking about that with them? But it keeps constantly coming up, like in the films we've been watching and things. And I'm like, well, how do I avoid the subject when <laughs> they're watching it and they, they want to ask questions? And you know. Right. It's it, That's uh, also the hypocritical thinking, right? The mind yeah. is hugely hypocritical. So we often don't see what we're doing you know, until somebody brings it mm. up, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's not so yeah, much. So, yeah. It's not so much. How do I not bring it up when they're watching it? It's well, you're asking. You know, it would be better to direct it towards your sister, right? Well, they're watching it, so why are you? Why are you a hypocrite? Mm. You don't want to topic about it, but they can watch it. They can watch. It's your explaining it. Yeah, it's yeah. It's... Yeah, which she's not going to like very much, but it's no. a great way to have a little uh, sort of uh, breakthrough. Yeah, right? I love there's a there's a, a series on YouTube that I, I don't know who makes it, but they do explaining things to kids at different ages. So they explain like what a quantum computer is to a five year old and a seven year old and a twelve year old, and a, do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's quite fascinating, and I always come from that place. I'm like whatever age they are, there's something that you can explain about it. 
that will kind of be appropriate for that for that time. I don't know if I'm yeah, expecting no, more course, from, from kids, but yeah. But that's also puts the responsibility on the adult to understand when and where things are appropriate, learn different ways of, of explaining things. Of, yeah. And not everybody's going to be an actual teacher or whatever capability you need to, to be able to break that down. Um, no, but you can, you know, if you are raising a child, mm. uh, you do have two, usually two parents, right? Which makes it so difficult for single parents, mm. right? Um, and, and having community and, and just saying, well, okay, maybe I'm not good at doing this, but I could have somebody explain yeah. it, right? There, there are always yeah. ways. There's always, there's always ways. Um, but again, you know, the, the excuses that come up really quickly, right? Well, there are ways, but I don't have time. Mm. Well, there, there's the sins of the parent dumped immediately on the child. I don't have time for you. Mm. You know, I, I chose to have you, but I don't have time. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. <laughs> You know, I haven't, I, I, I didn't plan things out. You well. weren't planned. That's one of my favorites. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, it's very interesting how we, we deal mm. with things. Um, again, it's, it always comes back to what your responsibility is and dealing with yourself. Yeah. Right? Well, I'm, you know, the devil will come yeah. in every time you avoid, right? So the devil is Lucifer. It oferta la luz, right? So you he offers the light, but until you're ready to look at it, it'll be tricky, right? Mm. So we kind of fall prey to the devil when we're not willing to look. But if you look clearly, you go, wait a minute, this is the devil. The devil's trying to show me something. So I better be looking around before I make any deals. Yes. <laughs> but we don't do that. Right? There we go. Or, you know, the other weird thing that people do is they think about every single possibility or they try oh, to and having having a child. Um, like, I'm going to decide when I'm going to have a child and this is how it's going to fit into life. They're, you're completely blind because you don't have a child. You know, people try to warn you. Oh, my God, having a child is going to change your entire life and it's going to be, you know, you're not the same, blah, blah, blah. So I've seen this over and over again. And I would watch people in my 20s and 30s you know around me friends having kids and i would keep my mouth shut because i don't have kids right because the first thing is when you when you offer up some some viewpoint they'll say you don't have kids of course that you were a child doesn't count right (laughs) you know i was a kid and i remember what it's like to be a kid and oftentimes adults (laughs) and oftentimes kids don't uh, adults don't remember what it was like to be a kid. Yes. Sometimes I really, that, that really throws me. In any case, so the story goes on where I'm not really sharing my viewpoint. And then finally, my sister has a child, right? So, um, you know, I think he was uh, pre, uh, pre-walking. pre He wasn't walking yet. So he's just a tiny little thing, cutest little thing. <laughs> And she, she and I are chatting and she saw, let's go for coffee. It's a beautiful summer day in Montreal and let's go for coffee. So here I am completely, you know, kind of conditioned by all my other. Okay. If you want to go for a cup of coffee with a friend, <laughs> that means carriage, 
that means huge bag filled with yeah, diapers these, these 20 with toys, minutes to pack <laughs> if not more so i'm like okay so i said to her well what time she says oh come up now and i went oh well i'll drive up really slowly and i'll you know kind of whatever just kind of lull around because it's going to take her forever anyhow so i i hang up on her and i'm I mean, I lived really close to her, like three yeah. blocks away. So I drive up to get her and I figure I'm going to go in the house and hang out. And as I'm driving to park, there she is crossing the mm. street. So she's got her kid under one arm and a diaper hanging out the back of her jeans. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, she's ready. Oh my God. That's like five <laughs> minutes. It took me five minutes to get there. So she hops in the car and I'm like, my God, you're ready fast. Like no bag, yeah. no stroller. Her wallet's in the other, in the other pocket. Uh, jean pocket. <laughs> She's not even carrying a purse. And I almost start crying, right? I have a tear in my eye. I'm like, God, you're incredible. You're doing exactly what I thought. And she goes, oh God, you know, I don't do what all these other mothers do, you know? And she has this strong viewpoint that, you know, strollers um, are really bad for kids and it makes them, and it, and, you know, scientifically, she's right. Kids should be moving around. That child walked, um, he was 13 months old, and he walked uh, four kilometers. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, people were watching him go, and he, he never asked to be Carried uh, or, picked yeah. up or anything. So here he is. So he, they never had, neither of her kids ever had carriages. There were no, there were no carriages. She hated them. No, no <laughs> sisses, none of those uh, dummies yeah, put yeah. in your mouth. Nor, nor carriages. They had none of this. Um, so really interesting to see, hey, so is it the child or is it the parents' belief mm. systems, right? Yeah. Is it the way the parent is living life, yeah. right? Um, How much and, you know, and, yeah, is I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure I'm going to hear, yeah, but, yeah, but, in my case, I was too busy, yeah, but, you know, you know what was your sister doing and what what was i doing and yeah okay but when you have a child it's a whole you know it's a whole ball game where you can you can do things appropriately you know that work for you and and even the new belief systems about children and having children may or may not be viable we're going to yeah. see but you know children women who work now and send their kids to daycare what's that going to be like um people kids are being raised by by strangers who may or may not be doing the right thing for yeah. your kid. Now, if you're lucky enough to have a lot of money and your child goes to um, a daycare where the instructors are even smarter than you are, and that your kid's <laughs> lucky to have them rather they're than writing, you yes, as a parent. They're writing um, like which are, uh, operas by the age of five. <laughs> which, could, which could be an yeah, advantage. Yeah. You know, sometimes it could be advantage that that your daycare is better than you. But uh, highly likely, most of these uh, daycares might not, mm. be, um, might not be who you want your kids raised by. But the, the ideology is, oh, well, everyone else is doing it. Well, what else are you supposed to do? You know, these weird mm. answers that you get. Or, you know, a massive defense. Yeah. And, and then you wonder why, you know, things aren't going so well. Yeah. Right? Now I'm not I'm not giving any recipes for living. I'm giving ideas for consideration yeah. on what someone is doing in their lives and where are you um you know, where are you dumping 
uh, your responsibility on yeah, someone else. No. Right? That's, a, that's a classic one is I'm dumping the responsibility of my child on a daycare. Yeah. I'm blind right? to Which the is... fact that I'm even doing something. Do you know what I mean? It's just like not even seeing the responsibilities being handed over. Yeah. If, if you're absolutely fine that your career is more important than figuring out a way to raise your child with one parent at home. Yeah. Um, that's fine. That's that's fine. You can do that. That's, you know, but you, you do have to be clearly responsible that someone else is raising your child. Mm. You know, there's no there's no two ways about it. Yeah. There's someone else who's who may not love your child as much. They may. They yeah, yeah, be they do great. get great people, you know, you know yeah, good they, they may be great. Yeah. But, yeah, but, uh, you know, you're still your, your child's still being raised by someone else. Mm. You know, we're, there so many people are paranoid about germs in the home, but then send their kids to this germ factory. <laughs> <Love Yeah. that>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, it's interesting how sick they're getting, right? Yeah. You know, which could strengthen, strengthen the, immune the immune system. system. I was about to say that as well. Yeah. But on the other hand, maybe it's yeah. too much. Yeah. It's a balance you know, there as well, yeah. isn't there? There's yeah, it's is the child being inundated, especially when you have a baby going yeah. to daycare, is oh, it yeah. too much? We don't we don't know the answers no. to these things, but they are things that are at risk that you can't make excuses for that you can take responsibility yeah. for. Right? Just clearly take responsibility. Mm. You know, because it doesn't mean that you're the greatest parent to bring up your own child either, right? There's that too. Yeah. It's fascinating. <laughs> we could be on this topic for years. <laughs> Yes, we could. And I think probably we triggered enough people (laughs) on this topic. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave it there, but it is definitely something really important when you're looking at the handmaid's tale where the father has left the responsibility to the child. Yeah. And, you know, a child who's brought up in daycare and that's the history of parenting most of the day and you go home and your actual parents are exhausted um, or whatever, they're, yeah. they're not giving you uh, their ideas, etc. Well, that's, th- that, that's fine. The child's going to have to take responsibility, not blame the parents, mm. right? Yeah. But, you know, oftentimes the parents are blaming, well, money, blaming uh, careers more important to me than kids. Nobody's actually going to say that, but a lot of people find that, the, you know, career is my need to have a career and a place to go is more important than parenting which is you know buying into the ideology as well that um parenting isn't important Mm. right i'm I'm just bringing up some ideas a lot of parents just don't see parenting as really something incredible it's 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 so filled with um you know, you got you to research, you got to learn, learn the phases of your child. I mean, it's just a, a whole, there's a whole field of study bringing up your kid, mm. right? A whole field of study. And yet, you know, some people say, well, I can't just stay home and gaga goo goo. Are you kidding? Like, really? Really? That's, that's how you perceive, uh, you know, childhood. <laughs> you, you, you need a, you can, you can, Get your own PhD studying what a child's going through and how fascinating it is. Yet, no, it's going to be nicer that I go to my my job answering emails. Mm. Yeah, I like answering emails. Oh, yeah, my little project here. 
right? Or fulfilling a company. It's interesting what how we perceive things. So I, I'm not even sure about, you know, there, there might be someone whose nature is to do that and their nature isn't to, to parent. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, and I've heard so many different excuses, you know, some women who, uh, to keep their husband <laughs> and they don't really want a child, but they keep their husband, you know, again, that's putting the responsibility on your husband. And that's something to discuss. If the husband really wants a child and you don't, you go to work and support the family as a woman yep. and the husband can stay home. You know, these are the important things to discuss. Yeah. And um, yeah, but again, it just comes right back. We think it's horrifying that he cuts off her mm-hmm. hands. But when you look around your life, see where you cut off your child's hands. You can look at where your hands yeah. have been cut off as well, which is, which is really the priority, right? Because you are a child as well. And your hands were cut off somewhere. And you are, you are continuing that lineage. So love to hear from everyone where they, they see that they've uh, abnegated responsibility for themselves. It's a great exploration to help heal and take responsibility. Yeah. Something yeah. to think about. Oh, my God. Yeah. Something really wonderful <laughs> to do massive healing yeah. on self, your lineage. Yeah. You know, future lineage and your past lineage, even if you have no yeah. children. Yeah, that, you know, I don't have kids, but this is work I do with myself all mm. the time. Am I responsible for everything that I do? Mm. Yeah. Do I abnegate responsibility anywhere? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a really powerful place, right? Having, having no hands disempowers us. But once you have, you re-empower yourself by taking responsibility for your choices and your actions. Wow. Right. Mm. Wow. I'm not going to go any yeah. further because I don't want to give away. Oh, yeah. We'll <laughs> save it for next time. Yeah. Yes, okay. darling. So have a lovely yeah, day. Take care. And uh, thank you, yeah. everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.